Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Well, amen. Anybody happy to be in church this morning? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Anybody excited to be here? Amen. It's so good to see all of you beautiful people. Can we welcome our online audience as well? And all 17 campuses joining us around. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But welcome our online audience. We have like 40 people that watch online every single week, which is pretty amazing. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Thank you so much. We hope that if it's your first time here that you feel right at home, that you feel loved and welcomed, and uh, we we, we hope that... uh, Uh, You enjoy your experience today and that you meet God. Amen. Amen. Hey, this was on your seat when you walked in. Make a difference. Everybody grab this out. Pull it up. If you call Oasis Church home, I want you to grab this real quick. Uh, Make a difference. It's different from your regular Mythbuster sermon series, uh, Worship Guide. This is special because uh, if you call Oasis Church home, I want to challenge you today to get involved by joining one of our teams. Can we just take a moment to thank God for all the volunteers here at Oasis Church? who make this possible every single weekend. Come on, from the parking lot to the kids' ministry to our production team to the the people behind the scenes that you only see if something messes up, right? Uh, Thank God for all of our volunteers. It would not be possible to do this without them. And, hey, we're headed into the summer. I'm not ashamed to say uh, usually in the summer, uh, volunteer uh, numbers kind of trickle down a little bit because everybody goes to the beach in the summer all at the same time. I don't know why. So, We're going to put a calendar up. Make sure you plan your uh, vacations around one another so that I'm not preaching to an empty room at some point this summer. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But um, if you call Oasis Church home, on this card there's um, different ways that you can make a difference. Our mission statement is to help others find Jesus, to grow in their faith, to discover their purpose, and to make a difference. And after you found Jesus, it's our hope that you join the team and help that experience happen for somebody else. Amen? Amen. On the back of that card are different teams that you can serve on on Sundays with the the times that we ask you to be here and just a little description. And then on the bottom, you can tear that off, check off a team that you're interested in. It's not necessarily saying you're signing up, but if you're interested and want to know more information, uh, check those off. Put it in uh, the offering drop boxes or the uh, next steps area on your way out, and we'll be sure to have those team leaders connect with you. Amen? Amen. We're continuing our series, Mythbusters. Who was here last week? Show of hands. See, this is why summer is so important. Hey, we have a lot of fun happening uh, this summer, so make sure you're here and invite somebody. I'll tell you more about it later. But uh, this series, we're debunking popular misconceptions about God, about Jesus, about church, and about heaven. Last week, we discussed some popular misconceptions about God. Um, This week, we're going to be talking about some popular misconceptions about church. Amen? Uh, We began the series with Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. And John 8, 32 says, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for your presence being here this morning, God, that you've already shown up, God. We ask that you would just 
take over, that you would speak through me this morning, God, that you would prepare our hearts to hear a word from you. In Jesus' name, and the whole church said, amen. I've always wanted to say that, and the whole church said, amen. Now I can. It's fun. When I talk about church, I'm really talking about Christians. I'm really talking about us because Jesus, or God sees the church and Christians as one. He calls the church the bride of Christ. When you get married, you become one. Some of you don't know that yet. You'll learn it. <laughs> it's going to happen. You become one. Uh, how many of you know you can't do anything out, uh, at all without your significant other knowing about it, right? That you got to get their stamp of approval, right? Um, the way you see church affects the way you see Christianity, and it, uh, it affects the way you see Christians. And I said last week that the way we think uh, shapes us completely. The way we think, our thoughts shape us completely. And for some of us, the way we think has completely robbed us of our happiness. Um, how many of you grew up in church? Raise your hand if you grew up in church. How, now, okay, now how many of you grew up in a Pentecostal church? Uh, raise your hands. A lot, a lot less hands. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Um, and you know, it's funny. We do some weird things as Christians. Can I get an amen? If, if you weren't a Christian, uh, some of the things we say as Christians would probably creep you out. Um, how many of you know who John Christ is, a uh, Christian comedian? Yeah, he's so funny. Uh, you have to look him up. One of the things he said was, uh, as Christians, we say weird things like, hey, welcome to church. We're going to wash you in the blood this morning, right? No, I'm going to call the cops this morning. That sounds terrible. That is not cool. Um, I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up in the church of God, the, the Holy Ghost Church of God. Somebody say amen. And uh, we, we had a lot of fun in the church of God. And uh, there were great movements of God. Um, I, I loved being uh, in a Pentecostal church. But there were a couple times where um, I was scared to bring a friend. <laughs> there were a couple times I was like, mm, if I bring a friend, they're probably going to think this is a cult or something, right? Uh, here at Oasis Church, we're not a Pentecostal church. Um, we're like a, we're a non-denominational church. We got all types of backgrounds in here. We got Catholic, Methodist, pray for them. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Pentecostal. Uh, we, we got everybody in here, and uh, it's so cool. Uh, but but a newsflash that, that came to me was that God doesn't only move on Sundays. Can I have an amen? God doesn't only move on Sundays. And the church I grew up, I love the church I grew up, um, but uh, there, there were several Pentecostal churches that I visited, and something that I really learned was that, man, it seemed like God only moved in lives on Sunday. It seemed like people were only filled with the Spirit on Sunday. People were only... Uh, uh, they, they were a certain person on Sunday and somebody else throughout the week, and that's the true uh, for all Christians, I would believe. There are a lot of us who are one person on Sunday, and then what you don't tell everybody is on the way to church this morning, you're screaming at your kids, get in the car, uh, we're going to be late, we got to go. Uh, anybody know what I'm talking about? I remember uh, visiting another church, I'm not going to mention any church names, but uh, we were, uh, when we first moved here, we were visiting other churches and uh, we wanted to see what type of churches were here, what style of churches were here. And I'll never forget, I went to a Pentecostal church. You probably wouldn't even know of it. Um, but uh, there was a Pentecostal church, and, and these first-time guests sat right beside us. Um, we were first-time guests as well. And I thought, man, this is really cool. Uh, I, I wonder how they're going to take this experience. Because I knew what to expect, right? Like, I was, I was waiting for snakes to come out, to be honest with you. <laughs> but the first-time guests beside me, I don't know if they've ever been to a Pentecostal church before. And I remember um, at some point uh, uh, at the end of the service, uh, 
she was nudging him, he was nudging her, and they said, ma'am, we're so glad we came today, but then it got a little crazy. Uh, the, the whole Pentecostal side started coming out a little bit more, and they got up and said, this is why we don't go to church, right? And man, my heart hurt. I just went to like run after them. And like they, they never had the opportunity to give their life to Christ. They could have walked out of there, got hit by a car, and who knows what would have happened after that. And man, I, my heart hurt for them because I was like, man, um, that's so sad that, that they, they, they couldn't have the opportunity to give their life to Christ. Um, and it's, it's just another reason that I realized God doesn't only move on Sundays. Can I get an amen to that? God doesn't only move in Sundays, move on Sundays. God should be moving at your house. God should be moving on your way to uh, work. God should be moving in your workplace, in your schools, wherever you go throughout the week. I believe God should be with you all the time. And uh, right before we launched the church, uh, right before things got crazy with the pandemic and uh, the whole uh, world shut down, you have to go online and listen to our story. Shameless plug for the growth track. If you've never been through the growth track, we talk about the the whole story of how we got launched and uh, how God pulled it all together. But um, right before we launched the church, how many of you are in a Facebook group called What's Happening in Winchester? What's Happening in Winchester? It's probably a good thing that most of your hands aren't up. And if you're really, really, really uh, uh, edgy, you would join the What's Happening Winchester Uncensored group. Anybody in that group? Yes, 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 yes. Um, Basically, some people got censored. They started their own group, uh, and anything goes in that group. Um, and, uh, hey, I post about Jesus. I post about our church in those groups. As a matter of fact, some of you probably have heard about our church because of those Facebook groups. Uh, so uh, you know, it's, it's all good. Hey, one time, um, so when we met at the hotel, anybody remember hotel days? When we met at the hotel, we would put an A-frame sign in the middle of the street, and it said, Oasis Church, this way. I put it right out in the middle of the street. I didn't care, right? Uh, the city was closed. I, I didn't think anybody was going to write me a citation or anything. Um, Lord, forgive me if it was, uh, I should, it's better to do something ask for permission later <laughs> or ask for forgiveness later. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, kids don't listen. My, kid, my son's probably like, Dad, you said on Sunday. I'm just kidding. But right before we launched the church, um, uh, in that Facebook group, uh, or when we launched, I, I'm getting my stories confused now. When we launched, when we were at the hotel, we had that sign in the middle of the road, and somebody took a picture of it and posted it in that group. It got like 500, like, reactions, tons and tons of comments of, get your stupid sign out of the road, you know. But then there were some that were like, hey, I'm going to go to that church on Sunday, you know. I was like, whatever, free advertisement. Thanks, man. Um, anyways, but right before we launched the group, in that Facebook group, we asked a question, uh, why don't you go to church? Now, I already knew that there were going to be thousands of comments about God only knows what. But I was actually sincere and wanting to know, why don't people go to church? Um, some people call themselves Christians. They don't, they don't go to church. Uh, why don't you go to church? If you're a Christian, you believe in God, you've been saved, why don't you go to church? Um, some people had never believed in God, never even heard of Jesus, surprisingly. Um, there are people in your neighborhood, by the way, who don't know who Jesus is. That's a, that's a pause uh, moment to think for just a second, that there are people that probably live on your street that don't even know who Jesus is. And as Christians, sometimes I think we take it for granted. But there were... Uh, so many uh, responses on that post that it was very sad to read. It was very sad to read. Um, a lot of the answers uh, were something around the lines of, I was hurt by church, uh, so I'll never go back to church. Uh, the, the church uh, is fake. The church is fake. I don't want to go to church. Um, my church split. Uh, the pastor did something immorally wrong, so I decided 
that uh, church was completely fake. I didn't need to go. Um, I got kicked out of church. Um, I'd like to know that story. Uh, kicked out of church. Um, I wasn't loved at church. Nobody loved me. I seemed alone at church. Nobody recognized me. Nobody noticed me. Um, I didn't feel accepted at church. And I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. How many of you have heard that before? I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. That's a whole sermon series for another day. Uh, I'm not going to talk on that one right now. But um, a lot of the answers, I know we're calling the series Myth Busters and debunking popular misconceptions, but a lot of these answers aren't myths. They're actual realities to people in our community. They're actual realities in, pe in people's lives in our community today. And not only are they realities today, they're realities in the time that Jesus walked the earth as well. People had turned church into something that God didn't want. And Jesus talked a lot about this subject. He was more passionate about this subject than a lot of other subjects, actually. And he really challenged religion, and he really challenged religious leaders. One of the most common things that came up, the first myth that I want to debunk this morning is church is boring. Now, if you were at church this morning, you can't say that it was boring because we got John Holland, the creative pastor up here, hyping you guys up, right? Um, Jesus actually devoted an entire chapter of the New Testament to this topic in Matthew chapter 23. The, uh, verse 2, the teachers of the law tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Church should never be a burden to anybody. Amen? Church should never be something that I have to do because it's Sunday mornings. Oh, I have to go to church. How many of you got drugged to church by your parents growing up? Anybody? Nobody? A few? Okay, a few hands. They, like, dragged you to church. You're going to church. If you don't get in the vehicle right now, you're going to die before you get to church is uh, how some parents were. Uh, in fact, I, I didn't get to grow up in church. My parents weren't saved. Uh, I actually ended up going with a neighbor. And um, whenever I went to church, uh, basically the next-door neighbor bribed me to come to church. Um, and uh, I would go to church with her. Now, this was a very old-school, very traditional uh, Pentecostal holiness church, right? And um, I thought, I am never going back to that place after my first time. Uh, then I fell in love with it. But to be honest with you, um, I hated to sit in service. It was like, this is going to be the most boring time of my week. I can't believe I'm here, right? I'm just here because I know I'm getting candy afterwards. And in fact, um, it was very traditional, very strict that the person that I went to, I will never forget, that her son, I was like, man, like six years old at this point, seven years old maybe, her son uh, grabbed into her purse, took some candy out that we were supposed to get after service, right, and ate it. Her, his mom turned around and looked at him, took a ruler, I kid you not, and smacked his fingers as hard as she possibly could. And I thought, dear Lord, like, I'm just going to face forward, don't look, right? Um, uh, man, it was uh, this, this one church. Um, I used to travel with one of my pastors. Uh, whenever I first started to get into ministry, he would travel around, and uh, I would go with him. And for God's sakes, we went to this um, uh, church in the middle of nowhere. I thought for sure we were going to die. Um, it, was a, it was actually a revival service, amen, and uh, it was late at night, um, pitch black, and we were driving on this mountain in the middle of nowhere for like a good solid hour. And I thought to myself, I haven't seen one house on the way to this church. Who the heck goes to this church an hour out in the mountain in the middle of nowhere? And sure enough, the place was filled. And um, I'll never forget, uh, I, I didn't grow up 
uh, in church. I, I went to church a couple of times uh, with, with my neighbor. The, the ruler thing kind of scared me. I stopped going so much. Um, uh, but I, I didn't know who Jesus was. I wasn't saved or anything like that. I started going to church when I was a little bit older on my own. And um, uh, it was a, uh, a church, uh, uh, Church of God church. It was a very contemporary church. We sung modern music at the time, uh, which would be like traditional music to some of you people now. Um, but I never sung a hymn in my life. I didn't even know what hymns were. And uh, we went to this church, and uh, there was um, this line that <laughs> I did not understand at all. But uh, imagine that my pastor is the special guest, right? He's sitting on the front row beside the pastor of the church. Um, the, the church was literally... Probably, like, if you took from here to, like, that side, it was very, very small, uh, very packed, chairs up and down the aisles. And um, I was sitting, it was the pastor, uh, my pastor, his son, and then me. Um, and, man, if, if you get me to laugh, like, there's no stopping it, okay? Like, there's, like I will laugh at inappropriate moments, and it's terrible sometimes. Um, but they start singing a song that said, come rest upon my bosom. And the pastor's son lost it. He lost it, and I was, like, really trying to hold it in. Don't make me laugh. And he just, he made me laugh. I start laughing. And um, uh, if you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you would know the joy of the Lord, right? They just thought, man, they're just filled with the joy of the Lord. They kept singing, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, at, at Oasis Church, though, we believe the church should be enjoyable. Amen? Amen. Now, some people will actually disagree with this statement. Some people will say, nah, church should not be enjoyable. It should be hard. It should be uh, challenging. You should, you should suffer for the whole hour that you're in service. And I personally do not believe that is true. I believe that church should be one of the most pleasurable experiences of your week, one of the most pleasurable experiences of your week. I think it's more awesome than a football game. Amen, somebody? Anybody believe that? Um, I think that that the church should be an exciting experience, a place that's engaging, inspiring, and hopeful, but also challenging. That doesn't mean that I don't want you to grow in your faith, right? Uh, I want it to be challenging. But John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Another version says, to have life more abundantly. In Psalms, it says, I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. I think church should be one of the best experiences of our week. Amen? Now, some of, you, some of you don't talk in church. Some of, you don't, some of you don't respond. I get it. It's okay. But I know that if I was at your house at a football game, that you can get loud during a football game, right? I'm looking at some of you. I know you can get loud, so don't be afraid to respond in church. But, man, could you imagine if church was over and it was just the worst day of your week? You're like, man, well, that sucked church was awful. What a disappointment. God didn't show up. The music was terrible. The pastor was terrible. Uh, some of you probably said, I don't know. Uh, I, we, we have the best worship team. I'll give them that. Amen? Come on. Let's go. Some of them aren't here today, but uh, if it's your first time, uh, you've got to come back over the next couple of weeks. We'll, uh, we were missing some people, the drummer and stuff, but man, they sound amazing without the drummer. Uh, isn't that awesome? They do such a great job. Anyways. It makes me wish I could sing. Anybody wish you could sing? Anybody wish you could sing? Okay, how many of you, let's be honest, let's be honest. Um, how many of you sing in the shower and think that you're the best singer in the world? Yes. Listen, I was like, man, um, if incarnation was real, if I came back as anybody, I would want to be a worship leader. That's what I used to say. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, hey, I, funny story, <laughs> off, off subject. Um, when we first started the church, we were at the hotel, right? And I, I'll never forget, um, Kyle, you might have been there. I, I came up and, um, uh, oh, this was in here. Never mind. Wrong story. Wrong church. It was at another church. I came up. I came up on the stage. And see, I, I might have ADD or something. I don't know. Um, ADHD or something. Uh, I came up on the stage, and uh, the, I, I wanted the worship team to go into, like, a, a spontaneous moment. Um, and I start singing, How Great Is Our God? And, man, I was, like, I was belting it, right? And the whole worship team, like, came in, and, like, I was in the wrong key. So you heard the whole team, like, change keys and get to the right key. It was awful. It was and then they asked me not to ever do it again. I was like, yes, 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 yes. We'll never do it again. I want Oasis Church to be a place where you can feel that you can invite people to church. Amen? I want Oasis Church to be a church that you enjoy, that, that it's inspiring, that it's hopeful, that people can find the life-changing message of Jesus. Amen? Why should church be enjoyable? Because Jesus is enjoyable. Amen? Amen. Uh, the second myth that we heard was, uh, church is exclusive. Church is exclusive. And let me help you understand what that means. There are so many people in our church or in our community, even in that Facebook group comment that said, I never get invited to church. No one's ever invited me to church. That's why I don't go to church. There is no excuse on why you shouldn't be inviting people to church. Amen. And I thought, man, first off, they believe that they had to be invited to come, Right. They didn't feel welcomed because they weren't invited. Then I thought, man, could you imagine if all of us actually invited somebody to church this week? Now, let's be honest. How many of you invited somebody to church today or for today? Now, look, look at this. I'm putting my hand down because this past week I didn't invite anybody to church. And then it's like, man, what was I thinking? Why didn't I invite anybody to church? How many people would actually show up if we started inviting our friends and neighbors to hear the life-changing gospel of Jesus? Amen? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. There's a challenge for you this week to invite somebody to church, whoever it is, the barista at Starbucks, the, the, the sheets, gas, uh, they don't have gas attendants. Uh, I was going to say the gas attendant. Uh, now you got to pump your own gas. Check out your own groceries. <laughs> uh, the, the, wherever you go, invite somebody to church. Um, some people think the church is a political organization. Some people have said they don't go to church because the church is too political. Uh, some people have said that they don't go to church uh, because, uh, this is funny, they had to vote on their membership. They had to vote on their membership. That's one of the reasons we don't have membership at Oasis Church. If you want to be a member at Oasis Church, this is what you do. You go to the growth track, you serve on a team, you give to the church, you attend a small group, you're a member at Oasis Church. Amen? Amen. Um, I remember uh, whenever me and my wife went to a church, we just got married, we went to a church um, and I was potentially joining staff. Check that out. And uh, we went to a membership class. And then they, we had to fill out the membership application. I was familiar with all of that. But then they said, the board of directors has to vote on your membership. We'll let you know via letter whether you're a member or not. And I thought, what? <laughs> are you serious? Um, the, what are they going to vote on? I had to write my salvation story. And I was like, if my salvation story isn't good enough, do they, like, not let me in? What is it? I don't know. Um, I, I got in. But Jesus actually denounced the politicalness in Matthew chapter 23, and I encourage you to go read it at some time. But he said, you've got it all wrong. It's not exclusive. Jesus, who was pure of holiness, he was perfect in every possible way, but he was never afraid to embrace imperfect people. His holiness didn't drive people away from him. It, it drew people near to him. If we want to get church right, we have to be willing to be accepting. The church should be accepting. Amen? We don't accept sin. Let me 
debunk that real quick. We don't, we don't accept sin. We create a place where people can figure it out with God. It's our job to love people and the Holy Spirit's job to convict people. Revelation 22:17 says, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. Amen. This is a place where people get to learn how the, the Bible applies to their daily lives. When we accept people into the doors, the way they are, whether they agree with us or disagree with us, when we show them who Jesus is, then life change can begin to happen. We create an atmosphere, an environment where God can move, and it's our job to love those people that, so that God can do the work. Amen? Amen. Uh, the third, the third uh, thing that we heard is church is weak. The church can't help me. Church doesn't know what I'm going through. Church doesn't know how to answer my questions. Church can't get me out of this situation. Matthew 23, verse 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. Some people in this room this morning are in some desperate situations. There are some people sitting in the row that you're sitting in that are in some desperate situations. There are some people here that need answers to questions that only God can answer, that nobody else can answer. There are people that are looking all over the place for answers that are only found in the name of Jesus. How do I save my marriage? How do I move past some hurts? How do I raise my kids? People don't need a corporation People don't need another nonprofit 501c3 organization. People need the power of God. Amen? People need the power of God. And the truth is the church should be powerful. The church should be powerful. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. At Oasis Church, we want you to experience God's presence. Amen? We want you to feel the presence of God when you walk into this place. We want to answer questions that people are asking. We want to give biblical answers to the questions that you have in life. And in fact, if you still have your Connect card or grab another piece of paper, whatever you want to do, in the fall we're going to be doing a sermon series answering the questions that you might have. If you want a biblical answer about a certain subject or a certain question, write that down and we're going to do our best to answer those in the best way we know how and just stop uh, drop it in the offering bucket. You don't have to put your name on it or anything, but we'd love to answer those questions. We want to see marriages get saved, amen? We want to see relationships restored. We want to see sons and daughters preaching the name of Jesus, amen? Amen? Not just in our city, not just in our region, but in our world, amen? We believe that the church should be powerful. And then the last one, which is a very common one, church is fake. Church is fake. The church is filled with hypocrites. The church doesn't care about me. The church just wants my money. The church doesn't know how to relate to me. Everything in church was different than what I experienced in real life. So many people come to church. So many people here this morning come into church smiling, putting on your Sunday outfit, whatever it is. Putting on a smile on your face, taking the Instagram photo in church this morning. So excited to be here. 
but you darn well know that last night you were about to file for a divorce. Some people in here were screaming at your kids on the way in, but as soon as you walk through that door, oh, bless the Lord, amen, ain't it good to be in church, hallelujah, right? Uh, and don't lie, because everyone's done it, including myself, okay? Uh, you would never know it, but we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's Instagram feed. We compare our behind the scenes because I know what happens in my house, right? I know what happens between my kids, but I ain't going to post my little girl screaming her lungs out, screaming at me on Instagram, right? And then I look at somebody else on Instagram, man, they have the perfect kids. Their kids are just so well behaved. Man, look, they smiled for that picture. It takes 50 photos for my family to get a picture, and still not one is perfect. Here's the truth. No church is perfect, no pastor is perfect, and none of us are perfect. No church is perfect, no pastor is perfect, and none of us are perfect. Matthew chapter 23, verse 27 to 28. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Here's the truth. The church ought to be real and authentic. The church ought to be real and authentic. We ought to be relational, relevant. It's time for the church to stop being fake. Do you know how many people I've seen in my life lose their marriage or lose their kids or, or lose their faith because they weren't willing to be transparent in church? At Oasis Church, you can be as transparent as you want to be as transparent as possible, and I will still love you the same. Everybody in this room will love you the same. We've got to stop coming to church and pretending that everything's okay when it's not. We've got to be willing to raise our hand and say, nah, I'm going through something and I need prayer. I'm really struggling, actually. I'm really struggling, actually. My family's falling apart. My, 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 my spouse doesn't want to be with me anymore. My, my, my job, they're about to fire me. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. We've got to be more transparent in church. I, in fact, there was um, somebody uh, in our church a while ago who, who was struggling with something, and they were afraid to come talk to me about it. Somebody said, why don't you talk to pastor about that? And they said, mm, I, don't, I don't think pastor would, would like me the same if he knew that. And I thought, what? What? Not at all. I don't care if you're on the staff at the church, especially if you're on staff at the church. I want to know everything. I want to help you in the best way I possibly can. That's why me, myself, I have a, a, a board of accountability uh, overseers that oversee me that, that text me on a weekly basis. Hey, how's your marriage? Did you pray with your wife? Are you praying with your kids? Are you reading your Bible daily? Hey, that message you preached last week, don't put that online. You were, you were preaching some heresy or something, right? No, I'm kidding. But they're very, very real with me, very authentic. They hold me accountable. And we all need people like that in our lives. We all need some people that we can be real around. And I hope the church is that place where you can find some real people. We're all struggling with something. Jesus despised anything that boxed man in and got out. He cut through all the church stuff, all the fakeness. In 1 Thessalonians 2.8, it says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because you have become so dear to us. And most importantly, we believe that church should be a place where somebody can give their lives to Jesus. Amen? That Sunday mornings should be a place where somebody can walk into that new life that God has promised them. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Would you stand to your feet? We make it a priority in this place to never leave this place without offering the opportunity to place their faith in Jesus. It's one of the most important things that we do as a church. Maybe you're here this morning and you relate, you, you've experienced some of these things in church. Maybe some of these things were actual realities to you. Maybe you believe some of these things. Maybe you're here or watching online and never made a commitment to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like to offer you the opportunity right now to place your faith in Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from God and you want to rededicate your life to Christ this morning. This morning, Maybe you're watching online and, and you want to say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer. I want to accept Jesus into my life this morning. Would you repeat this prayer with me, church? And for the benefit of those who, who may be saying it for the first time, we like to say this prayer out loud together as a church body so that, so that, so that someone may be placing their faith in Jesus for the first time. Repeat this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you died and that you rose again three days, three days later. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate with those who just placed their faith in Jesus? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on. All of heaven is make a resounding joy. Joyful noise. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, be sure to stop by the next steps area on your way out. Come on, church. Let's worship God together in this place.